Thank you, Jesus. I want to, I, I put together this sermon on the prophetic and promises. And all morning, the Lord has kept messing up my sermon. I had it all figured out, and then point four becomes like point one, and I'm like, oh, this doesn't work with my mind. But just, just hang with me as we kind of jump around this morning in a couple different areas. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and uh, grab them and open them up to Hebrews chapter six with me. Hebrews chapter six is where we're going to start. While you're flipping there, I just, I just want to talk about one of the greatest things that I think at this time of year that we reflect on, that we remember, is the promise that was given, that was given to Mary, that was given not only to Mary, but was given to us. There was a great promise that was released. And I think that in a culture like our church and many other wonderful churches, the Lord is always speaking. How many know the Lord's always speaking? Very rarely. It's typically we're not hearing, but the Lord is continually speaking. Um, and if you're like me, you get different words of the Lord from people, and what can happen is, is if you're not careful, we, I don't want to be the guy that just has a thousand different prophetic words, and none of them have ever happened. And so I've really been praying, Lord, how do we steward the culture? How do we steward what you're doing in this house? How do you steward these promises? How do you steward these things? Because I don't want to just get the, oh, that was, that was cool. Then what? Right? I want to know what to do with the words when he gives them to me. And so in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 9, it says, and I realize it's late. We're going to move quickly, so just hang with me. But in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 9, it says, But beloved, we are convinced of better things concerning you and things that accompany salvation, though we are speaking in this way. For God is not unjust so as to forget your work and the love which you have shown towards his name in having ministered and in still ministering to the saints. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence so as to realize the full assurance of hope until the end. Everybody say hope. That's a big word this morning, it's hope. So that you will not be sluggish. Can I get an amen to that? But imitators of those who, are you ready for this? Through faith and patience, inherit promises. I want to click, I want to hit that again. Everybody say, through faith, come on, through faith and patience, inherit the promises. I think that this, this passage could be read a couple different ways, but I really want to look at it a certain way. You could read this as the promises that you already have, that through faith and through patience, you, you get to get the fullness of them. I think that there's probably truth in that, but I want to put a little bit of a different spin on this passage because I think it's actually stating that through faith that we receive promises. It says in your Bible, it said that through faith and patience that you inherit the promises. How many of you know that you can actually live life in a way where you're a magnet to God's promises? This side of the church. Make sure you got it. We could live life where we're actually a magnet to the promises of God, where we actually draw the promises of God to us. I think so often, uh, you, ever, you ever seen somebody at church, it's like they just always get all the... 
This is funny. They get all the prophetic words. It's like that guy. You know what I mean? It's, you know, every time someone gets prayed over and there's this really great word, it's like, yeah, and you. And you're like, man. This is like, and then you sit next to them thinking there'll be the overflow. You know, you're like shoulder to shoulder with them. And they're like, you. You're like, me. They're like, no, the guy next to us. No, I'm just joking. But there is, there is this element that so often I find that people that walk in a lot of faith draw the promises of God to them. Faith actually draws in promises. You ever been... Here's the picture I get. Here's the picture I get. You ever been camping? I don't know if you ever should have been camping. Not like my mom and dad's RV camping, but real like tent camping. Anybody ever tent camp? Anybody at all? <laughs> <They're> like, yeah. <laughs> Anybody ever tent camped with kids? It's a whole different experience than tent camping on your own, man. <laughs> I got some funny stories on that. I'll, I'll <laughs> oh, can I tell one story? And then I'll, I'll get right into the meat of it, I promise. I, I, I went camping years ago with my little, my, my kids, and Ethan was like, just, just a lot younger. And um, long story short, we got into our tent. It had rained a lot, and it was like this one, that, you know, it only rains when you camp, right? <laughs> when you camp and you wash your car, it rains. And so we went, and we were getting in the tent, and it was like, we were hanging out, and we're like, man, it's like, what? Like, our tent's leaking. It's like, shoot, the sleeping bags are wet, and you know, you know what I mean? So we're like putting them out by the fire, trying to dry them off, and then we get back into the tent that night, and it's like, oh, they're still damp, and we're sleeping, and you know that nasty, wet feeling when you're sleeping in a damp sleeping bag? Is, and so we're, we pack up the next day. We go home. We're like halfway home, and Ethan's in the back, right? And he's like, he's like, hey, Dad. I'm like, what? He's like, I peed on your sleeping bag. <laughs> I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, I accidentally peed on your sleeping bag. He's like, I wasn't going to say nothing because I knew you'd get really mad. <laughs> So Tiffany was like in the front. Tiffany's like, ew, 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 get me home now. Ew. <laughs> kids and camping, buddy. Oh, kids and camping. So anyways, you go camping and it never fails when you camp. There is, at least with my family, there was like always a bee that chases somebody in the crew. My Tiffany is like the bee. Every time she's like having food, there's this bee. And she's the one that's, of course, scared of bees. And she's like, stop. Stop, you know, and the bees just follow her, and I don't know if it's something on her, I don't know what it is, but I, I see this picture when I was preparing this morning, and for actually a walk in the Lord, could it be possible, could it actually be that you could walk in your walk with the Lord, that through faith on your life, that the promises are actually just swarming you, they're surrounding you, and they're coming after you, amen, it's good stuff. They actually will follow you and track you down because faith, the Bible says that faith and patience, I know we don't like the P word, but faith and patience, it draws in promises. Give me someone faithful. Over a, there's a lot of things that are attractive, but give me someone that's just faithful. That's someone that will move heaven. I, it's great that you've got, you know, your credentials and your ordination and your stuff on your walls, but give me somebody who's just faithful. They're who I want to be on my team, the faithful people, and patient. 
But I got that word like two months ago. Some of you are like, try 20 years ago. (laughs) Faith, patience, it draws in promises. It receives promises. Think about the lady with the issue of blood. Remember the story of the lady with the issue of blood? Jesus was coming through the town. It was very full. I I, I just imagine, you know, there's this... I see like just really busy, you know, people everywhere. And here's this lady who has had this issue of blood and she has been, she's, at this point, she's just desperate. She's absolutely desperate. And I imagine just, she's probably exhausted and she's desperate and she hears the miracles going through my town. She gets out there. She doesn't ask for the disciples to give her an audience with Jesus. She doesn't ask for anything. She says, I just need to grab him. What does she do? She grabs his clothing. This is the coolest story to me. Why? Because he says this, who touched me? He said, I just felt power flow through me. Her faith and her passion to get a hold of Jesus actually drew something from heaven that Jesus wasn't even, he wasn't even, he wasn't even aware. Who touched me? She drew it through him. I think that's one of the first keys to stewarding promises. Actually, one of the first keys to inheriting promises is to be people who are faithful, to be people who are patient, to be people who value his presence. Amen, church? People that just want to be with him. I talked about it last week. They just want to be at his feet. They inherit promises. Her faith moved heaven. Smith Wigglesworth, I shared this a few weeks ago. People asked him one time in a small meeting, he says, what is it that you do that, that when, whenever you're in the room, something happens? And he made, a, he made this remark. He said, it's very simple. He says, if I don't feel heaven moving, I move heaven. Well, I don't know about that. (laughs) Jesus was walking through a town and someone said, if I can just grab him, if I can just get a hold of him, if I can just touch his clothes, I can pull heaven through him. And she grabbed him. And she said, that's what God says. That draws promises. It hasn't changed. It draws promises. Faithful people attract promises. Everybody say faithful. Everybody say faith. Full people attract promises. Let's read, uh, flip back to Luke chapter 2, this passage that we opened with this morning. I just want to read a few thoughts from that. Luke chapter 2, verse 16 says this. Uh, Actually, I'm going to start at 15. When the angels had gone from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem, then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord God has made known to us. So they came in a hurry, and they found their way to Mary and Joseph and a baby as he lay in a manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured 
all things and pondered them in our heart. I want you to notice something in verse 18. It says, all who heard it, everyone else who heard this, they, they wondered. Ooh, ah. How did Mary respond? She treasured. She pondered. A people that just ooh and all are not typically gonna be a people that get to step into all the fullnesses of what God has for them. But people that can treasure and can ponder his words for them, they're the ones that can steward the promises. This is, church, this is so important that you get this because I know in this room there's so many wonderful words and so many prophetic words and so many promises that are sitting there that are still waiting. Treasure it. Ponder it. Think about it. The word ponder could have also been the word meet. That's an interesting thought. She was continually meeting that word in her head. It's extremely quiet in here. Huh? <laughs> you see, I, I think what's important for me is that I've come to realize something that with words that are given to us in the kingdom, when someone gives us a word, whether it's a word of exhortation, but when someone speaks into our lives and says, I just feel like the Lord's saying this for you, and they begin to speak into our lives, the thing we have to understand is that words that come like that, they're not guarantees, but they're actually an invitation of God trying to bring us somewhere. You understand that? It's so important for us to understand that God, the whole purpose of this is that that's why, that's why when people give nasty prophetic words, it's like you've completely missed it. If you don't amen anything, amen that. Because I don't want a bunch of nasty prophetic words. I hear people give them, I'm like, mm, oof, oof. That was not edifying. You see, what Jesus does, what the Father does, is he actually looks at us, he looks at me, he looks at you, and he has the ability to go and to look at where he wants to bring you. And he has, then he comes back to you and says, here's what you need. You just need this word to get you focused to where I want to take you. And But here's the thing, it's not his job to pick you up and to take you there. His heart is to come and to bring you a word that will actually get you focused on eternity, get you focused on where he wants to bring you, get your eyes set on where he wants to take you, and then it's up to you. What are you going to do with that word? Are you going to write it down in a journal and put it in a drawer and never open it up again? Because that's not treasuring. treasuring, and this is something the Lord's been teaching me, write them down, put them on, I put them on digital devices just because I can access them anywhere, my phone, my iPad, but I also print them out, hold on to them, I have audio recordings, I love audio recordings, even while I was preparing this morning's message, I was listening to words over this house, I was listening to things, I was stirring up my spirit, stir it up, stir it up. You see, God's heart is to give you something that will get you focused where he's going. For us, we've had a lot of great words lately. I feel like going into 2018, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but I think it's going to be the most amazing ride ever. 
I mean that. I, I have words in my heart for us corporately, for me personally, that I'm just like, man, I, whew, I want to dance around the room, I'm telling you. I, ooh, I about took one too many steps forward. <laughs> I have things in my heart that are stirring. I have words over the house. When Demetria came, I've got an audio recording. You guys just heard part of it. The night before, she gave me the whole recording and of what God, she said, and Demetria, the last time she prophesied over us, everything was extremely accurate. And she said, listen, I just see this house over the next year. She said, I see you growing three times what you are. You know what? I don't get scared. I don't get worried. I don't get concerned. How are you going to handle that? I'm not worried about it because in the promise is everything I need. In the prophetic word is everything I need to see it happen. God doesn't give you a word and say, ha, figure that one out. <laughs> three times that. Let's see how you handle 500. Bam, you know, it's, it's not how he works. That's a cruel father. God's up in heaven saying, listen, I'm going to take you from here to here. It's going to be fun. It's going to be wild. And everything you need is packaged into it. All you have to do is focus and be obedient. And so what do you do? You start thinking about it. You start focusing on it. I, am, I buy in. I'm a buy-in guy. That's who I am. If you know me, when I hear it, if I believe it, I'm buying in. That's just how I work. Ask Anybody that knows me well, I go for it. And when people that I know, that I trust, that I love, that are accurate, and I know the Spirit on them prophesies something, I buy in. What was the first thing I did? I set a bunch more chairs up in this room. I did. My team's like, we can set it up on Sunday. I'm like, no, I want to set them up. I want to pray over them. I want to put them in the room because I believe God is going to fill them with people that are hungry for what he's doing in the earth right now. But you have to focus on it. I could say, oh, that's a great word, Demetria, thanks so much, and go right back to my burger at the restaurant. And then years later, it's like, what happened? And then we say, well, you know, and then we, begin to, we can begin to doubt God when it was never his job to take you there. It's a partnership. Hello, church. This is an important word for us because if we're going to step into the fullness personally and corporately, we have to begin to learn how to ponder, how to treasure these things that God speaks to us. Because I just, I do, I buy in. I'm like, it's going to happen. <laughs> She's treasured it. She pondered on it. You need to understand something with Mary. When Mary got this word, she was a teenager, right? She was a teen. It's a pretty radical experience for a teen. And here comes the angels. Great news. You're going to have a baby. He's going to save the world. And you think, well, you know what? She immediately got pregnant. But, but here's the thing. There were promises that were contained in that. But she didn't see anything for 30 years. Yeah, yeah, the, the initial fulfillment of Jesus being born happened. But what about the other promises for 30 years a mom was carrying in her heart? You see, we focus on, we focus on this time of year, we focus on the baby Jesus and remembering the baby and, and all that. But what about the words that she carried, that that baby contained that she said, Year after year after year after year after year after year after year. When is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? For 30 years, she carried them in her hearts. 
You see, one of the things about carrying a word is, and I've already talked about this, but you have to believe it. <laughs> you have to believe it. I'm, it says, and you can write down 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18, you've got this, this, this correspondence going on between Paul and Timothy, and he's mentoring him, he's pouring into him, and actually he's pouring into him to see a reformation in a city. And one of the things that he tells him in the passage in 1 Timothy 1, 18, is he said, Timothy, my son, in accordance with the good prophecy, with the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you fight the good fight. I've preached this so many times, but he didn't say, Timothy, fight for those prophecies. He was already assuming that he actually believed the prophecies. That wasn't even a part of the conversation. Let's fight for those words. No, he said, no, Timothy, okay, you got the words. So by those, fight. Fight. There is a whole different world of fighting from a promise instead of fighting for a promise. There's a whole different world of saying, here's what God's told me. Well, it's, it's not an issue if it's true or not. It's an issue of believing it and letting that be my strength. That's the place that I operate from. It's not me fighting for that word. I already believe the word. Timothy was, Paul was telling Timothy, if you want to see reformation, if you want to see something in your city, church, if we want to see something in our city, you have to get past the point of just trying to convince yourself if the word's going to happen. And actually say, if the Lord spoke it, I believe it, and by that I'll operate. It's by those promises that I'm going to fight. <laughs> I love listening to children that have such assurance in their fathers. Kids that, that just have such an assurance in their father. If I was to tell Ethan, Ethan, guess what? I'm going to give you a new, uh, whatever it is, new football. I'm going to give you a new football, son. And, you know, Ethan's talking to his friends, and he's out in the yard playing ball, and he's like, listen, he's like, I'm getting a new football. And they're like, really? He's like, yeah, why? Well, my dad told me. He's not like, well, I mean, I think my dad's telling the truth. This is not an issue for him. Oh, my dad said so. It's, it's going to happen because dad said so. He's not, he's not going through this mental process. The reason you go through that mental process is because you have filters from experiences in your life that make you challenge the process. You've had issues that have, I felt that. That's, that's not even in my notes. There are things that have happened through your life. I'm telling you, I feel it right now in this room. Somebody's getting spoken to. The reason that so many of us fight them and the reason that so many of us pull back from them it's because there's been things that have happened to you that have created a lens on how you see things. Just like a child who maybe their father always did make empty promises. And so then when you're trying to teach a child that God is good, who had an actual father with empty promises, they've got a filter. But my dad never held up his word. Ooh. And see, God wants to heal your heart. That came up in prayer this morning. God wants to heal your heart. That way, you can just buy into it and trust him because he's good. He's good. He is or he isn't. He's not partly anything. He's not kind of anything. He is or he isn't. Either he speaks a word and he can fulfill it or he can't. 
I know we don't like absolute terminology, but that's because it puts it back on us. Because he can do it. Are we willing to go along? Are you willing to go along? Is this house willing to go along? I feel him starting to poke hearts throughout the room. I can feel it. God's highlighting things in your hearts that have created a way you see things. Prophetic words are powerful. They're weapons. But even a gun needs ammo. Your faith needs to be partnered with the word. And then there's something released that's powerful. Paul said that's how you fight. Is when the word and your faith comes together. Amen. So you treasure them. I'm going to just, I'm, I'm moving quickly. Faith draws promises. You treasure them. You ponder them. You believe them. And something else I was thinking about. The word I originally had was you respond to them. But I don't know if that's a good word. Something interesting happened with Mary. She's in her 40s now. She's at a party. She's at a wedding. And they ran out of wine. And she said to Jesus, here she is. She's been waiting 30 years. And she says to Jesus, she says, you can, I'm paraphrasing, if you want to look it up, it's John 2, verse 1. She says, Jesus, you can take care of this. What did he say to her? He said, it's not my time yet. This is, this is where things get fun. This is where he messes with all of our brains. Because Mary has treasured and pondered for 30 years the words over her boy. And she looks at his disciples and says, just do, just do what he says. She definitely pulled the mom card. <laughs> she just went right over him. Now here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is where it gets fun because this messes with so many people's theology. This messes with people's understanding of sovereignty. This messes with people's understanding of the will of God because he said, it's not my time yet. But she could actually, in faith, connect to his heart and pull what he said is for a later time into now. He said it's not time yet. He's not a liar. But she said, you know what I think? I think that same faith that the lady with the issue of blood had reached out to Jesus and said, it's time. And he said, and what happened? Heaven was pulled through him. 
And he said, let's do it. Here's the funny thing about the will of God. There's actually room for you in it. Well, that takes away all my excuses. God willing. Lord willing. It's good old southern words. Well, Lord willing. Better question, you willing? See, I don't come into this service and say, Lord, I don't walk into this room and say, I I hope it's a great service, Lord willing. (laughs) I don't walk in here and, all right, worship team, I hope the Lord's willing this morning. Because if not, it's going to (laughs) stink. No pressure, but I mean, Lord willing. You see, his will was that when he rose from the dead, he would give you authority and power. That was his will. And that there would be a lot of little Christian, little Jesus, Christian, little Jesuses. That's what it means. Little Christ all over the earth. And now you can begin to think like him. You can begin to act like him. I've been married for, what, 13 years? Make sure I get that right, okay? I've been married for 13 years. I know my wife. And I'm only on 13 years compared to people in here much further than I am. You just begin to know. You begin to think like her. I know what she's going to say. Last night, it's funny because someone sent us a text. They were asking a coffee order. And uh, I was curious if I knew what she would order. So I wrote it down and I sent it before you told me. <laughs> and then she told me. And I was like, bam, nailed it. <laughs> or I was going to have to write back, sorry, changed my mind. <laughs> so, but see, there's this thing called renewing of your mind. That as you're a believer and as you walk with the Lord and as you actually believe in yourself, let me say that again, as you actually as Christians believe in yourself, you've been told long enough how bad you are. You've been told long enough that you're going to hell. You've been told long enough this, 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 this. If you've accepted the Lord in your life, you've repented, changed your ways, guess what? Now you're in him and he is in you. And now you can think like him, talk like him, do like him, walk like him, and advance the kingdom like he did on the earth because he came to demonstrate it. He said, this is how it works. I just do what he says. It's that easy. But he's saying, he's constantly talking, and the question is, is when he talks, how, what do we do with it? And I want to see a place that when God speaks, it is so valued. I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about thus saith the Lord prophetic words. I'm not. Because I believe that you can actually talk like yourself. You don't have to prophesy in King James. Listen, my little boy was standing next to me this morning, and he said, Dad, he said, this sounds crazy, but I just hear like bells, like wedding bells. He didn't hear my dream last night. He wasn't like, Father, thus says the Lord. He said, Daddy, he said, Daddy, I've been hearing bells all morning. Maybe if we just teach people just to listen and they speak it, things will begin happening. You still with me? 
Mary took a promise. She took something that Jesus said, that's not today. And I know you've heard this before, but I feel like we need a reminder coming into 2018. Some of you are filled with promises. Some of you have so many promises in you that it's crazy. And some of you have just pushed them aside because you're tired of waiting. And God's saying, it's a season to take them back out. Go open your prophetic word closet and pull them out. And do like Mary did. Say, it's time. It's time. Treasure it. Ponder it. Start looking at it. Start thinking about it. Because it's time. Mary, three decades of a promise. It's time. I feel like 2018... I feel very specific about this year. I've never went into a year on purpose as much as I have this year. I went on my, we've got a team Facebook group page uh, that just our leadership team is in. And I went on there this morning and I said, just, I'd love to hear some of the things that have stuck out to you that have been words that the Lord gave you or the words for the church and they just started popping up. And when you see them and you read them, something in your spirit begins to come alive because the word of the Lord is coming to you again saying, listen, I do want to do this. I just need you to believe it. Remember when the prophet Elisha was dying? Remember when King Joash came to see him? Remember he said, good news, he said, if you just hit those arrows on the ground, you're going to have victory. Here's Elisha, here's the guy that got the double portion anointing of Elijah. Here's the guy that when he died, his dead bones still had enough anointing to raise the dead. It's another one that'll mess with your head. He had enough anointing on him that his bones raised raised someone from the dead. Here he is, he's on his deathbed and the king comes to him and he's saddened and it's a sad time and he says, listen, hit your arrows on the ground and then shoot them and God's gonna bring you victory. And what does Joash does? He hits it on the ground a few times and he shoots them and Elisha, this prophet, says, oh, you know, he said, why didn't you do it more? If you just would have done it five, six, seven times, you would have had victory. You would have won the battle. Now you're just going to have these victories. God is speaking things to us and says, if you just take it and just respond to me, believe it, you're going to receive what I'm telling you. But it's not good enough for us just to put on our cute Pentecostal faces and say, oh, that was good. I got Christmas Eve things to do today. Things, places to go. And we put on this thing. What if the thing you've been believing for 30 years is actually here this morning? Imagine that. He loves to show up at times we never thought it would happen. He loves coming on things like Christmas Eve morning when a huge percent of the church doesn't even go to church because they don't want religion. 
Would it be like God just to show up and say, I've got it right there? Because he liked doing something. He loved getting past people's minds to get to their heart. He'd say stuff to them. He'd say things, eat my flesh and drink my blood. They had not had communion before. (laughs) And they say things like, that's hard, God. That's hard. He's just saying, I just need to get past your thinking so I can actually get to your heart. Because if I can get past your mindsets, then I can get to your heart, which is where you operate from. This is an overflow from here. I saw a picture this morning, and I'll close on this. I saw a picture of every one of us. We had cups in our heart. We had a cup right in the middle of our chest, and there was a pouring of water in it. And I saw as the water filled up, filled up, filled up, filled up, I saw it would actually get to the point it began to wash our minds. But it didn't come through our minds into our hearts. It came from our hearts up to our minds. And what God is saying is he says, I just want to fill you. That way I can wash all the stuff out of your mind. I can preach the greatest sermon or not the greatest sermon, but I can't wash people's minds. He can. And some of you in this room this morning, I'm preaching, and for some of you, it's like you're not getting it because you've had so much happen in your mind. Let him fill your heart up this morning. Let's stand. I know that that might sound different. I know this may not be the the stereotypical Christmas message, but you know what? The truth is that the whole point of the Christmas message was that he came with a purpose of bringing the fullness of life to you. That was the purpose. We're missing the entire purpose of Christmas and remembering a savior that came to the world if we don't remember that he came purpose of fullness of life for you. He doesn't want you. He doesn't want you hurting. I'm just going to speak to you for a moment. I feel it in the room. He doesn't want you hurting. You've not done something that you're in a place now that you just deserve this. The beauty of grace is that you don't get what you deserve. You get what he deserves. That's what grace is. You get what he deserves. And there's people in the room this morning that this is a hard message at times for you, but God's saying, it's not my heart. Some of you in this room, you have never heard anything like this before, I can tell. If you get anything I said this morning, His heart is for you to be filled with life. He came as a baby. The Bible says the curse that Adam and Eve released into the earth. God said, it's not good that my kids live like that. So I'll send Jesus to stop it. The sad part is is that he's already stopped it and released fullness of life. And we're still trying to hold on to the curse. When he's saying it's gone. You're in a new covenant, baby. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. I asked them to play a certain song this morning. 
I hadn't listened to this song in years, and this morning I just felt like God said to play it. So I'm going to play it, we're going to respond, and then we're going to release you in a moment. So just go ahead and put that song on this morning and just churn it up. Yeah, come on, do that. Come on, just begin to lift up your heart, church. You and Jesus. No place I would rather be here in your love, here in your love. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my Put your hands, just put your hands out if you would, just, just like this. I just, um, I want you to put your hands out and leave that song going. And I feel like this morning, I, I feel the Lord wants to encounter you. I feel like there's people in this room this morning. This is, uh, you're here this morning and this is completely new to you. And I'm not going to call you up because I feel like God wants to encounter you right where you are. Because he wants you to know that I'll come where you are too. <laughs> you see, if my kid was hurting, I wouldn't say you have to come to me. <laughs> I would go to where he is too. And God's saying this morning, I'll meet you there. 
I just release the love of the Lord over everyone in this room. Fill that cup up. Fill it up. Fill it up. Fill it up. Just let his presence and his love overflow you this morning. You're going to feel it. You might even feel tingling in your hands. You may not, but right now, just release your love. Release your love. Release your love.